Welcome to Curse or Coincidence, where each week we dive into famous curses from sports, movies and history to separate fact from fiction, mystery from history and ask, is it a curse or is it just a coincidence? I'm Nathan and with me as always is the beautiful believer, Amy. How are you, my love? I'm very well. Couldn't help but notice that your intro was a little bit peppier than the last one. Yeah, just a, just a smidge, just a smidge peppier. Yeah. Yeah, I've had some, had some water, had some sleep and, uh, and feeling good. That's good. How are you? I'm good. Very good. Hangover's gone. Brain's a little... Brain is a little sharper, like as sharp as can be expected. During this silly season. Yes. Yeah, fair enough. So as always, uh, we're going to delve into a tale of a curse from sports, entertainment or history. We'll weigh the facts and the fiction and decide once and for all if it is a curse or if it's just a coincidence. Yes, we will. So with Christmas just around the corner... I thought this week we could give our listeners the gift of not one, but two curses. Ooh, double header. Double header today. I am happy to announce the Curse or Coincidence Holiday Gift Guide. Yay! Yay! We're doing a gift guide. And look, we are? I, yeah, we are. And look, I know that there are plenty of gift guides available and the, the whole the whole premise is a bit played out, but it can just be so hard to find the right gift for someone. Sure can. And who else is going to give you the heads up about whether the gift you're planning to give is cursed or not? Absolutely nobody. So fear not, dear listener. Today, Amy and I have you covered. So the first curse we're going to talk about today serves as a bit of a warning for our more craft-minded listeners. Those, so not me. Not you. No, this <laughs> one's not for you. Uh, so this is more for, for people who are good with their hands, like to, like to make presents rather than give presents. It's often believed that the best presents are those that come from the heart. And what could be more personal than to knit the love of your life a sweater? Oh, I can think of a few more personal things, but <laughs> well, the if, gesture's there, I guess. If you're out there and, and you're thinking, that could be a nice gift, I, I might just knit the love of my life a sweater. Uh, just be warned that you might just very well be casting off your lover in the process. Ooh, Did you I, like that? Yeah, a little, it, took, it took me a second, but a little, I got it. It's a little knitting pun. I looked that one up. A little knitting pun. Yeah, I researched that one. So uh, to start off with, we're going to talk about the sweater curse. The sweater curse. The sweater curse. It's also known as the curse of the love sweater. (laughs) Uh, And it's a term that's used by knitters to describe the belief that if a knitter gives a hand-knit sweater to a significant other, it will lead to the recipient breaking up with the knitter. Okay, that, first of all, that sounds like a tongue twister. If a knitter gives a sweater to (laughs) To a knitter, then the the sweater will cast off the knitter. Yeah. I'm confused. Am I the sweater in this? <laughs> I don't know. It's hot in this room, so... Yeah. There are, there are no sweaters in this house. Let me. Oh, no. The only sweater is Nathan. Me, yeah. <laughs> Sweating up a bloody storm. I, I am a hot body at the moment. <laughs> There's an alternate version of the curse as well that holds the belief that if you start down the path of knitting a sweater for a partner... The breakup may even occur before the sweater is even finished. Far out. It's a fast-acting one. Okay, so sorry. Can we just take a moment for it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So is this like... So what you're describing is a belief held by the knitting community, community in yes, general. That's right. Like yeah. this is a well-established thing. It, it is. It might seem like a silly superstition, but the belief is widely discussed in knitting publications. <laughs> and some knitters even claim to have experienced it firsthand. I am like actually mind blown by this. Believe it or not, I've got some data for you. Oh. I've got some stats. We're a stat queen today. I know I am a stat queen today. In a 2005 poll, 
15% of active knitters said that they... (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Just they're furiously knitting and polling at the same time. Uh, How do they find the time? I I don't know. They said that they had experienced the sweater curse firsthand. How many percentage? 15%. Sorry, I was just thrown by the term active knitters. knitters. I'm a lapsed knitter. (laughs) I'm in recovery. A dormant knitter. (laughs) I mean, yarn anonymous. (laughs) So yeah, fifteen percent of active knitters said that they had experienced the effects of the sweater, the sweater, the, the sweater, sweater curse. Sweater is Twitter for sweater sweat, <laughs> for knitters. So, okay, Doctor Zeus. <laughs> well, you're the one that started with the tongue twisters. Uh, and forty-one percent of respondents to this poll considered it a possibility that should be taken seriously. Well, it yeah, absolutely. Like everything else in knitting, it should be taken very seriously. It's- Knitting serious business. Have you ever knitted before? I haven't. Uh, you know what? I I think when I was a kid, my nan tried to teach me. And I don't have the patience. Yeah, I don't have the patience, the dexterity or the hand-eye coordination. However, a friend of mine who I know listens to this podcast, so shout out to Kara. She knows who she is. Um, tried to teach me once. Okay. How did that go? Well, you know what? I actually <laughs> I actually got okay at just knitting straight lines. Like I, I did like... I did like a scarf for a teddy bear. Say, like you were a really thin, really yeah. long scarf. Well, what happened was, and she, she was, like, we'd just sit there and like knit. This is a scarf for a fat man. <laughs> and I got myself into a bit of a pickle and I was like into a knitting mess. A knitting pickle. A knitting, a nickel. And I was like, she's like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm going to knit my way out. <laughs> And she genuinely still says that all the time. I'm just going to knit my way out. But the, unfortunately, that uh, scarf never came to be because it was the... I only had one pair of knitting needles that she gave me. Um, and I came home drunkenly one night and, and tried to knit. Um, and at some point, I guess I decided to do something else. And I got up and I stepped on the knitting needles and cracked them, knitting needles and cracked them and never replaced them. Yeah. fair. So I just had one like square inch of knitting of like knitted wool. And that was, that's about all I've done. That is such a window into the mind and life of, uh, of single Amy. (laughs) That pretty much sums it up. It was my hot girl summer. It was my knit girl summer. So in addition to the the stats and the data, uh, as I mentioned, the curse is backed up with numerous personal accounts of those who have suffered the wrath of the sweater curse. <laughs> I don't have the, the, the direct quotes for you, but if you just Google the words sweater curse, uh, there, there are articles online where uh, people talk about the effects. Literally, like, I started knitting my... My, my boyfriend a sweater and he cheated on me he broke up with me this and that there's like there's there's a lot out there so why would you even start is the question well you know maybe people just don't know about the curse oh. and they find they maybe fall they victim to it and didn't get their copy of knitter's digest that month that's and right they're yeah. none the wiser just thinking they're doing something <laughs> nice and they're casting a curse do you have any examples for us i don't have any examples but you know what i did try to come up with I tried to come up with an origin of the curse. Yeah. Because I know how much you love an origin. The origin story. I've You might be a little bit disappointed because the origins of the curse are unknown. However, during my research, um, I found an article in The New Yorker which outlines the association between knitting and death as being a persistent dark side of the craft. <laughs> Hey, you said to, to to make it a little bit happier. I've done the best you know I can. What? There's one hard fact we can all agree on. 
a hundred percent of the people who knit will die. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> or have a knitted good given to them will die. So in this New Yorker article, they make reference to Charles Dickens's A Tale of Two Cities. Classic book. Uh, a Tale of Two Nitties. <laughs> a Tale of Two Nitties. <laughs> Sorry. That's great. Uh, it was set at the time of the French Revolution. Uh, and a character in the book, Madame Defarge. Yep. Uh, she seeks revenge of on the aristocrat and their family for the death of her father, her brother, and her sister. As she waits, she knits the names of potential victims of the guillotine into her work. That's creepy. And then later, she and her friends go and watch the deaths that she has forecast. Oh, so she's like predicting them. Mm. She's pre-knitting them. What's interesting is Dickens did not invent this detail. Many scholars have recorded that revolutionary women would often knit as they stood watching the public executions. <laughs> Just a casual Sunday. I was thinking I might finish off this sweater for my husband while I watch someone being guillotined. That's right, yeah. Might even get a coffee after, treat myself, you know? A cafe. Cafe au lait. <laughs> Now, I know it's a tenuous link, but death is often seen as the end, right? We often refer to death as the end. That's a theological discussion we'll say for another day, but sure. So could knitting be connected to the death of a romantic relationship? That's the question I oh, pose to you. Oh, I see you. how you're linking all this back. Like I said, it's a it's it's a long bow to draw or a long needle to knit, but um, <laughs> but that's, that's the closest I found to like an origin of the curse. You just got to knit your way out of it. Now, dear listener, if you're sitting down right now and you're knitting as you listen, <laughs> you might be thinking, shit. Put those needles down. You might be thinking, shit, I, my, I'm, knitting, I'm literally knitting my partner a sweater right now. What do I do? My relationship is doomed. Help. Well, have no fear because there are some ways that you can escape the clutches of the curse. Stop knitting. You can stop knitting right now. You can throw it away. But let, let's say that Take you Take all your yarn. Pick it up. Pick it up now. Have you ever met someone who's an avid knitting fan and t- tried to tell them to stop knitting. Not, no. I don't think it would end well. Yeah. Yeah. You can take my, take my eyes, but not my needle. <laughs> so the first way you can escape the curse. If you're already married, apparently the curse does not apply. If you are already married, well, we're talking about a, either a boyfriend, fiance, girlfriend situation. Okay. Excellent. I'm still not knitting you anything. But that's that's okay. It's literally the middle of sw- summer and I don't need a sweater to be sweaty. You don't. Uh, in fact, gifting a hand-knitted sweater to your espoused is believed to ward off the romantic advances of others. So once you're married, maybe a good idea to knit your husband or wife a sweater. God, the, the rules are so confusing. They are, yeah. If you're not married to your love, there are some other steps that you can take. Okay. It just has to safeguard just, the situation. Yeah, you don't have to rush out and get married. It's like, I've already knitted the sweater. Okay, so guys, if you've already knitted the sweater, Nathan, tell us what we can do to ward off the curse. Hopefully you haven't completely finished knitting oh, the sweater okay. because it does involve doing a little bit of stuff while you're knitting the okay, sweater. you're just going to have to knit your way out of it. You're going to have to. We'll have to knit our way out. <laughs> We've gone too far. Uh, if you're not married, as I said, there are some steps that you can take. It has been claimed that deliberately knitting a mistake into the sweater will break the curse. Okay. So it's like a little love stitch. Yeah. A little imperfect love stitch. That's right. A metaphor for love. Alternatively, this is a little bit gross, uh, <laughs> by intentionally knitting a piece of your own hair into the sweater. <laughs> no. No, thanks. It will bind the recipient to you. Okay. 
here's the 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 thing about that. If someone gave me an article of clothing that they knitted their own hair into, I'd be breaking up with them anyway. <laughs> so, so true. how reliable is this method really? Damned if you do, damned if you don't. Uh, so th- that's that's basically everything I could find out about the the sweater curse. I do have some counterpoints for you before oh. you make your final decision about whether the sweater curse is is a curse or a coincidence. <laughs> because the vague statistics polled of knitters is, you know, that's really sold really it to compelling. me. Really yeah, compelling, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, there, there's enough belief in it that there are mm. multiple articles, and not articles like, you know, forums and stuff, literally like, I know you joked about Knitter's Digest, but like literally websites that are dedicated to knitting have articles around how you can avoid the knitters, the sweater's curse and the curse of the okay. the, the lover's sweater. Yeah. Um, but there are some more rational explanations as to why gifting a handmade sweater to your partner might cause the undoing of, of a relationship. So to start with, knitting a sweater does take a long time. Mm. And the relationship may just die because of natural, <laughs> natural causes, causes during its making. <laughs> yep. And it's like a save the relationship sweater. Well, that's the uh, that's the second one, which is that uh, the knitter senses subconsciously <laughs> that the relationship is about to end and knits a sweater as a gesture to save it. Just to keep the hands busy. That's it. <laughs> so the, the, those are those are two reasons why, mm. but there are there are a few more. Uh, giving or receiving a significant gift such as a hand-knitted sweater may cause either the giver or the receiver to evaluate the relationship. For example, the gift may seem too intimate, too domestic, or too binding to the significant other. Uh, And it can be seen as a signal that makes them realize that the relationship isn't reciprocal, prompting them to end the relationship before it involves any form of obligation. Uh, The significant other... This might... This would be me. The significant other may simply not want to wear anything (laughs) hand-knitted. Uh, a hand-knit sweater can also subject them to ridicule, either because the sweater looks bad, i.e. is poorly made or unfashionable, or it conveys overly domestic connotations. Yeah, can you imagine the amount of shit you would get if you rocked up to something in a sweater that I had knitted for a you? Girlfriend. My wife made this for me. <laughs> uh. um, the, the knitter may love the sweater a little too much and... <laughs> And pester the significant other about wearing the sweater. Um, or alternatively, the knitter, the knitter loves to knit too much and spends too much time with their knitting instead of with their significant other. So those are this some... This is breaking me. It's <laughs> much more jovial than talking about... Oh, thank God. We, need, we needed this, guys. Yeah. This is the purity intermission that little, we needed. A little purity intermission for us. But that's the uh, that's the curse of the, uh, the the love sweater or the sweater curse. Yeah. Uh, Amy, what do you think? Is this... Is the curse of the love sweater really a curse or is it just a coincidence? Well... Our very good friend and one of my personal favorite people that I've always closely followed and admired, John Safran. <laughs> Lol. Um, no. Hi, John, if you're listening. Yeah, no, he's great. We love him. He said something very um, poignant around curses. And he said that essentially if it's a, it's a folklore or a legend or whatever and people believe it, then... Then it's then, then it's, it's a real. Thing. Sure. Then it's a then it's a curse. Yeah. Um, and I think that might be this might be one of those things that falls into it. So I'm I'm gonna call it a curse okay. because I think it's almost a a self fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So first gift, 
if you're uh, if you're thinking about handing a sweater for your for your lover, uh, maybe think twice because it is cursed. In the um, immortal words of uh, Kath, no, sorry, Kim Day, no, Kim, Kim Craig, Craig Knee Day. Day. So sorry. Um, just chuck a bit of sand in a bottle, tie a ribbon around it, something. <laughs> if you want to make a homemade gift, or just start collecting hairballs. I'm gonna make something homemade because it means more. <laughs> so that that was our that was our first curse in our in our gift guide. Um, our second curse for today is for people who are trying to decide on a gift for the gamer in their life. Uh, we're going to talk about a potentially cursed video game franchise. So okay. if you've got a, a, a partner or a, a you know teenage boy who's like. Honey, or I'm mom, a nerd. I'm a nerd, <laughs> and I want video games for Christmas. The Madden NFL series. Oh yes, you know, I know Madden. That. Yes. Yep. Uh, yes, I've I spent my entire twenties in the mid two thousands dating boys. I know Madden. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it released its first game in 1988 for the Commodore 64. If you don't know what Madden is, it's a Football game, like... NFL, American football. American football, that's right, yeah. Uh, so it released its first game in 1988 for the Commodore 64, the Apple II, and MS-DOS. Wow, that's that's a throwback. Isn't it just? Yeah. Back then it was called John Madden Football, mm-hmm. and it was named after the former NFL coach and sports broadcaster John Madden, who sadly passed away either last year or the year before. Uh, it is the second most popular sports game video game franchise of all time. Do you want to take a guess at what number one is? It's got to be Sonic the Hedgehog. No, video <laughs> games, sports video games. Oh, franchise. sorry. I was just yep. thinking, um, you know, cool video games. Um, I'll give you a hint. FIFA. S- there we go. Yeah. As soon as I said, I've got a hint. It's No, so- I was going to say it. I just couldn't think of the words. Okay, You're enough. rushing me. Sorry. It is estimated that uh, Madden has, or the Madden series, has made over $4 billion in sales during its time. Wow. And one of the greatest honours a player can receive is to feature on the cover of the game. Uh, And it's usually a symbol of either peak performance or being a star player for the year. But for some players, in fact, quite a lot of players, appearing on the cover of the game has brought with it a curse (gasps) that has plagued them with injuries and poor performance. So we're going to talk about the Madden cover curse. Ooh, and then you know what we need to do? What's that? We need to go, after we've covered this, we need to trace back and see how many of these players have been involved with teams or franchises that Drake has placed bets on. Oh, we have, it's like a, a crossover. crossover. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, that, that Venn diagram might actually be a circle. <laughs> Uh, okay, so Drake curse doubly confirmed. <laughs> uh, so the curse is said to have originated in 1999, which is the first year a player appeared on the cover of the game. Was it Johnny Manziel? No, it wasn't. Johnny Manziel never appeared. He was never good enough. Oh, poor Manziel. Poor Manziel. Um, the player's name was Garrison Hurst. Uh, he broke his ankle and missed most of the season. Post-injury complications led to one of his foot bones dying. <gasps> And uh, early diagnosis showed he might never return to the field again. How did he break his ankle? Uh, probably a ta- I, I don't have the, the data on that, but right. pro- um, usually these things happen at the line of scrimmage. It happens during a, right. during so a play. It was during, during, a ta- like, it was during a game. Okay. Yes. It wasn't yeah. just like, you know, he rolled it. He, he fell off his rollerblades and, ro- and rolled his ankle or something. No, no. So so it was an on-field okay. incident. Yep. Uh, most of these are on-field incidents. I okay. uh, don't know if you know this, but... Um, NFL 
is it's quite an injury heavy code of sport. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Men who dress up in heavy padding and helmets and smash their bodies at each other are getting hurt? Yeah, believe it or not. Color me shocked. <laughs> uh, so as I said, um, it was thought that he might never return to the field again. They thought maybe he was done. He did miss the following two seasons while he was recovering from the injury. Uh, and since then, almost every player, almost every year, the player uh, who has appeared on the cover of, of Madden NFL has suffered injuries or poor performance, leading many to believe that appearing on the cover of the game is a curse. Do we know if he appeared on the cover before or after he was injured? Before. all of these, are, So all of the examples I'm going to give you is they had a really great year. Yep, they're at their peak, they're, they're flying. They're at their peak, yep. they're flying. They appear on the cover. And then everything turns to dog shit. The very next year. Excellent. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so similar to the the Playboy centerfold curse, yep. there's... There's almost one for every year that the the game has has featured a player on the cover. We're not going to cover all of them. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm just going to give you some notable some examples. notable examples and some highlights. And there are many more. Yeah. Uh, but but let's let's take a look at a few, a few examples. So in 2000, Eddie George, who was the running back for the Tennessee Titans, had the worst season of his career, coming off the best season of of his career. Standard. Finishing with the lowest rushing yards and the lowest touchdowns of his career. So rushing yards are running yards, basically. Yeah. yeah. So that was the year 2000. Then in 2001, Dante Culpepper, who was the quarterback what of a great the, name. Great, really great <laughs> Dante name. Dante Culpepper. 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 Yeah. Still good. The quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings suffered a season in uh, season-ending knee injury. Mm. So that was very early on in the season, and his season was done. In 2002, Marshall Falk, who was the running back for the St. Louis Rams, missed four games during uh, the season due to injury and finished with the lowest rushing yards of his career. So this, we're talking, that's four years in a row. Yeah, I where, was just counting that up. Yeah. So it was from 1999 all the way to 2002, did you say? Yep. Yeah. And again in 2003. No way. So a player by the name of Michael Vick. Have you ever heard of Michael Vick before? You no. might have heard of him not for his actual play on the field, but due to some hot water he got into, which we'll talk about. Okay. So he was the quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons. He broke his leg and missed 11 games. He was also convicted of participating in an illegal dog fighting ring oh. and served many, many years in prison. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he did return to the league, but he was never the same player. He actually came back uh, to play for the Philadelphia Eagles and I remember seeing a meme that was hide your beagles, vixen eagle. Oh no! Yeah. So the NFL took him back after that. You would be surprised what the NFL will take players back after after what they do. So you can't in America. You can't get a job as a convicted felon in a restaurant, mm. but you can go and play in the NFL. Yeah. Well, one person, one player who who I didn't mention on this list, but he's a quite a famous player. His name is Ray Lewis. He is a player. He was a player, a defensive player for the. Uh, Baltimore Ravens, uh, the year that he uh, featured on the cover, or the year after he featured on the cover, uh, he uh, had one of the worst performing years of his career. But also, maybe he killed a guy. We don't know. That is unconfirmed alleged. and alleged. For legal reasons. For legal reasons. For legal reasons. But yeah, there's a lot of a lot of people who believe that he, he killed someone and got away with it. 
and still came back to the league and is now an ambassador for the league. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah, love you love to see it. You love to see it. So we're going to jump forward a few years, but I just wanted to sort of lay out the first couple to show yeah. you that there really is consecutive like consecutive and, and it goes on. Uh, but we're going to jump forward to 2010. Uh, and this was just like a, a personal personal one for me, being an NFL fan. Uh, Drew Brees, who was the quarterback for the New Orleans Saints, one of the best players of all time, guaranteed Hall of Famer. Uh, he had one of his worst seasons up until that point. Usually a very accurate passer. He threw twice as many interceptions as he had in any previous year. Uh, and the team's generally lackluster performance led to a playoff defeat in the first week of the postseason. The loss was especially disappointing given that New Orleans lost to the Seattle Seahawks, yeah. who are my team. They were the first team in NFL history to make it to the playoffs with a losing record. Which, wow. which means they lost more games during the regular season than they had won. Okay. No team up until that point had made the playoffs having lost more games than they won. And Drew, poor old Curse Drew Brees goes in and, uh, and gets eliminated in the first round. Uh, in 2012, Peyton Hillis, who was the running back for the Cleveland Browns, we have... <laughs> I, I feel like there might be a, a deep Rocks. dive. There might be a deep dive into Cleveland Browns and and the the Just Cleveland and Cleveland um, in our future. But he missed six games due to injury uh, and finished with the lowest rushing yards of his career. He was also released by the Browns at the end of the season. So you think about that. You have played so well in the previous season that Madden chooses to put you on their cover. The following year, you perform so poorly that you get cut from the team. Yeah. I like your hustle, but you're cut. But you're cut. We don't like your hustle. <laughs> you're cut. Uh, in 2013, so again, we're, we're sort of doing a, another consecutive year here. Uh, Calvin Johnson, more affectionately known by Detroit Lions fans as Megatron. He was an absolute weapon of a player. Uh, he missed two games due to injury and finished with the lowest receiving yards and the lowest touchdown, lowest number of touchdowns in his career. He also retired while he was still in his prime. Uh, seemingly, he was just fed up with playing. And <laughs> given that he was playing for the Detroit Lions in the 2010s, I get it because they stunk. They were mm. real bad. Yeah, just stinking up the joint. Yeah, pretty much. Um, we're going to f skip a few years to 2019 because we have to talk about Antonio Brown. Uh, he was on the cover of, of Madden 19. And from a statistical standpoint, the curse didn't seem to strike him. Okay. Put up really great numbers. He, he received, he, he caught 104 passes for 1,297 yards and 15 touchdowns. Pretty good year mm -hmm. you know, as, far as, as far as wide receivers go. And that's, that's his. Yes, in my extensive knowledge <laughs> of wide receiving, that sounds good. So he did have a strong performance, but his, his off season and into the next season can only be described as bizarre. Okay. To start with, he was traded from the team that he'd been with for years, which was the Pittsburgh Steelers. He was traded to the Oakland Raiders after getting into a heated altercation with the Steelers quarterback. Yep. He showed up to the first practice camp after a whole body cryotherapy treatment where it was discovered that he had devo developed awful frostbite on his feet. Oh my God. So this what year... What is these men in their feet? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But um, the... This particular year, uh, the 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 Raiders were featured on a series on HBO called Hard Knocks, which is basically they they do like a documentary series about the preseason for a particular team. It's actually 
like video and footage of, of how jacked up his feet were from, from this frostbite. No thanks. What's interesting is the same year, EA Sports, who was the company who produces Madden, yes. they moved their game to a brand new gaming engine. An engine is basically like the operating system mm-hmm. on which it makes the game work, right? Guess what the name of the engine is? Frostbite. It's called the Frostbite oh engine. Oh my god, is it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that wild? Yes. Yeah. So he went on to be traded mid-season to the Patriots. So he didn't even finish one full game. He, the, he got into real altercations with the coaching staff, with players. He was really just having a bit of a, a tantrum. He got traded to the Patriots where he played one game before he was suspended. He has played since. Uh, he ended up playing at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers either last season or the season before. And his final exit from the game uh, was him running to the opposite end zone, middle of the game, taking his shirt off, dancing in the end zone and leaving. And he was never seen again. What a way to go out. Yeah. He was dancing on those frostbitten feet like it's nobody's business. <laughs> uh, so obviously, as I said, we're not going to talk about every victim of the curse. We'd literally yeah. be here all night. But let's talk about last year's feature players. Okay. Players. So for the second time in franchise history, two players shared the cover. Yep. Uh, Both quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. Patrick Mahomes, who is the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Many think he's he's quite a young quarterback, but many think of him as like the kind of the future. The up and comer. Yeah. Like he could go on to be. The rookie with Pep. The best to do it. Yeah. Uh, And Tom Brady. Oh, yes, I'm familiar. Who needs no introduction. Um, It was not the first time for either player to appear on the cover. Uh, In fact, both of them seemingly escaped the curse for their respective years. And they got cocky. Well, it's it's almost like they played with fire and they, you know, it was almost like Anthony Joshua in the Drake episode posting that picture saying, I'm going to break the curse, leaning into it. Mm. Never goes well. They've got some frostbite coming to it. So... They both had high-performing seasons, and they both played in the Super Bowl. So you could say, yeah, they actually did quite well. Uh, Mahomes was annihilated in the Super Bowl. Uh, a lot of the uh, offensive lines, who, who are the players that protect um, the quarterback when he when the play starts, they're the ones that that stop the other team from from yep. getting through and tackling. A lot of them, a lot of the the better uh, offensive line players were out during inju- like to injury and the defend the, the defenders just completely smashed mm. Mahomes uh, and and they lost the um uh, the Super Bowl that year to uh, Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So you could even say Tom Brady had a pr- really good year. Yeah. Do you know what's happened to Tom Brady in the last say 6 to 12 months? He's hands and feet fell off. No. He's got on to have a very public separation from, oh, from his Giselle wife, Bunchen. from Giselle. Yep. Uh, and has reportedly lost a huge chunk of his fortune in the hundreds of millions of dollars uh, in the recent FTX cryptocurrency crash. Ugh. You hate I to want, see it. I want to say I feel bad for him, but <laughs> I don't. Uh, so this year with the game that came out quite recently, the decision was made to put John Madden on the cover. Mm. Uh, I don't think he can have a bad Nothing year. Nothing can get <laughs> yeah, him now. Yeah. Nothing can touch Johnny where he that, is. That's right. And uh, and maybe that will bring about the end of the curse. Maybe. So that's the curse, or a very brief history of the curse of the, the Madden cover. Uh, but I will provide some counterpoints so that you can, you can make your mind up. Okay. So 
As I just mentioned, there are a number of players that have escaped the curse. Uh, Lamar Jackson, Tom Brady, and Mahomes, uh, Richard Sherman, uh, all went on the, the, the year that they uh, featured on the cover, they went on to have either very similar or even better years than the year before. So it's not a guarantee, it's not a lock, but um, I like to say the evidence speaks for itself. The evidence. The evidence. Um, uh, some people do speculate that the curse may be due to the pressure and scrutiny that comes with being featured on the game's cover. Others believe that the players who have experienced injuries or poor performance would have just done so regardless of whether they appeared on the cover of the game or not. Yeah. So that's like a commonly held belief. That being said, many players avoid appearing on the cover of the game, believing it will bring them bad luck. And some players even go so far as to refuse to appear on the cover despite being offered the opportunity. Mm. So they're offered the opportunity and they turn it down because they believe in the curse so much. So Amy, over to you. The Madden curse, is it real? Is it really a curse or is it just a coincidence? Well, I'm feeling really like just decisive and just fast and loose with the decisions today. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm in a mood. Um, so I don't know. There's some just real big part of me that's like, yep, yeah, it's a curse. You're cursed. You're cursed. You're, you're cursed. cursed. You're, you get a curse. I'm oh. just Oprah. You don't want to talk <laughs> about gift guides. I'm just <laughs> passing out curses left, right, and center. It's a curse. Uh, however, I, it would be very hypocritical of me not to weigh this with the same seriousness that I did the uh, Playboy Centerfold curse. Sure. Um, and similarly to my reasoning and my counterpoints with that one, I mean, injury is pretty typical Yep. with NFL players. And it's a, b- a bit of a boom or bust sport Yeah. as well. Um, and the kind of, you know, the bad luck and the bad decisions, that's, that's something we see with a lot of sports codes all mm. over the world. Um, I will remind you the frostbite engine. Yeah. The frostbite engine. That one's <laughs> that one's that one is a wild coincidence. Yeah. Um, I think realistically this one, just given the fact that how likely it is of, of people being injured mm. in, in football and contact sports. Yeah. Um, and like, I'm not surprised to learn that I can't remember his name, the man who was busted for attending dog fights. Like, I'm not Michael su- Vick, and not attending. He was oh, participating. Running, participating. He was he yeah. was running. Them. But like yeah. that kind of thing doesn't surprise me. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. not it's not like what a shocking, unexplainable turn of events. Yeah, that a elite sports person would put themselves into such a stupid situation. Mm. And use such loose moral judgment. I'm not shocked. It's just wild. Like, he was making tens of millions of dollars a year. Well, why, that, yeah. Why, that, why fight dogs? You're just a bad person sure. at that point. Yeah. Um, yeah, that one's... I, I think it's... I'm going to say it's probably a coincidence. All right. Well, there you go. So, um, Tom Brady, if you're listening, sorry, you're not cursed. You just suck. You just suck, Tom. <laughs> go mine some crypto, bro. So, uh, that was our first, maybe only... Curse or Coincidence Holiday Gift Guide. So mm. you can feel comfortable and confident to go out and buy that uh, that copy of Madden for that special person in your life. But don't knit them a sweater. Don't knit that sweater. <laughs> um, that'll do us for this week. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram yes. at thatcursedpod. Amy, do you have any announcements that you want to make this week? No announcements, I 
don't believe, just thank you to everyone who's tuning in. Um, maybe in return for the wonderful gift guide that we've just provided to you. Uh, if you happen to know a person who you might think be who you think might be interested in any of our podcast episodes, feel free to share them on one of our streaming platform on one of the platforms that we're available on. Um, and that can be your gift to us. Or you could give the gift of leaving us a review on either Spotify yeah. or Apple Podcasts. That helps out with the algorithm yeah. uh, and and gets us more featured when people look for content like what we cover. Be kind and constructive, though, uh, because my second biggest fear is um, judgment. Reading, yeah, reading horrible things about myself. Um, my first biggest fear is unattended large buckets of water. <laughs> And we'll explore that uh, another time. So uh, thanks again for tuning into another episode and uh, we'll see you next week. Happy holidays. Yeah. Enjoy the festive season. And as always, stay cursed.